Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word.
to talk about the excellent spirit right the excellent spirit praise the lord the excellent spirit the excellent spirit the excellent spirit hallelujah praise the lord the excellent spirit i could have called it the spirit of excellence but I was led by God to call it the excellent spirit. And I'll explain to you why I call it the excellent spirit. Somebody say, Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs 17, verse 27. If you're there, you say, Amen. Proverbs 17, verses 27. Are we there? One, two, three, let's go. He that has knowledge spareth his words. Uh huh. He's of them. Read it again. He that has knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Hallelujah. That means God says the moment you have understanding, you are of an excellent spirit. If you have not understanding, then you're not of an excellent spirit. But a man of understanding, the Bible says, is of an excellent spirit. Praise the Lord. Daniel chapter 6 verse 3. The Bible speaks of Daniel. And the Bible says, and then Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because of an excellent spirit that was in him. Hallelujah. The Bible says Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was above him. And the Bible says, and the king sought to set him over the whole realm. Somebody say the king sought, sought to set him over the whole realm. Say it again. The king thought to set him over the whole realm. Hallelujah. Now there are many, many, many people in scripture or a number of men of God by whom this spirit functions but many people had not taken time to really understand and interpret this fully to what extent and what it means to function with an excellent spirit because some people have misunderstood excellence for many things some people think being excellent is putting on a smart tie a very nice tie that's being excellent it's part of it but it's not it. Are you hearing me? Putting on smartly is part of an excellent spirit, but it's not the excellent spirit. Being a diligent performer at work is part of an excellent spirit, but it is not 
the excellent spirit. It is just results of an excellent spirit. But there is a worldly interpretation of excellence and there is a spiritual and divine interpretation of excellence. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the scriptures tell us that Daniel, among all men, was preferred above the presidents and princes. That means he started to flow in a particular favor. And the Bible says, because he had an excellent spirit that was within him. And the Bible says, and, and God, the king, in this representation of the king, which you could translate as your king, God. He preferred or thought to set him over the whole realm. Now, when the, the, the Hebrew word there, they, what the, when, when the, the scriptures seek to use the word realm, in that instance, it's not just the physical sphere of influence. It carries the spiritual sphere of influence. In other words, when a man carries excellence in spirit, that man has influence over many things in the spirit. Somebody say amen. This year, when I told us that this year we are answers to prayer, I promise you that I'm going to start preaching certain sermons deliberately by the Spirit of God because they are instruction to direct us in how we ought to walk, in how we ought to establish these things. Hallelujah. There's a place where everybody must admit and understand that the basis of functioning in the spirit of excellence begins with a man which is instructed in the word. If you're not instructed in the word, you cannot walk and function under the spirit of excellence. Somebody say amen. Excellence, and let me tell you why I called it the spirit of excellence, or the excellent spirit. Let me use it, the excellent spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, are you hearing me? When you receive the Holy Spirit, when you became born again and received the Holy Spirit, the spirit you received is excellent. I don't know that I'm making sense. Some of you think I'm saying, first receive that spirit, the Holy Spirit, and then receive the spirit of excellence. This is one and the same spirit, but he manifests excellence. Are you hearing me? I'm trying to first scratch the surface because I'm going to go so deep in a few minutes and I don't want to lose anybody as we go. I hope we are clear up to that level. When a man is instructed in the word of God, when a man is instructed in the things of the spirit, the Bible is very clear that that man starts to move in, in, in that spirit of excellence because he carries that spirit because the spirit of excellence is the Holy Spirit. When you read Proverbs 11 verse 9, if you, you can open there, the Bible says a hypocrite with his mouth destroyed his neighbor, but through knowledge shall they just be delivered. Is that it? Give me the good news Bible. Give me the good news version. Praise the Lord. He says, you can be ruined by the talk of godless people. He says, but the wisdom of the righteous can save you. Did you hear that? He called it the wisdom of the righteous. Because they are righteous in God, there's a certain wisdom they carry. Are you hearing me? They don't try to get it. It's inside them. But the manifestation of the same comes as they start to be instructed in the word of God. That's Romans 2.18. Open there very quickly. I want you to move very fast because of time. Romans 2 it says, And knowest his will and approveth the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. That's why I was trying to tell you that when a man is instructed in the things of the spirit, that man starts to approve or or weigh the things that are excellent. It's easy for you to design excellence when you are instructed in the things of the spirit to manifest it in your life. But before the manifestation. I also want to submit to you that you possess it by reason of possessing the Holy Spirit. 
when you have the Holy Spirit, it's called the wisdom of the righteous. There is a certain wisdom that comes to your spirit the moment you become born again. Why? Because you, God starts to regard you as his righteous. Blessed is the man, the Bible says, David, of whom the Lord imputeth not sin, but imputeth righteousness. That righteousness is imputed by faith in Christ Jesus. Because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's a certain wisdom that you possess. Jesus, the Bible says, has been made our wisdom, our redemption, and our sanctification. You cannot say I'm not wise when you have Jesus in you. Somebody say amen. So I'm not trying to take you to something that I, is supposed to be attained. I'm trying to take you to something that is already in you. And by the grace of God tonight, I want to stir it out of your spirit. In Daniel 5.12, again, when he's speaking about of the same excellent spirit, the Bible says, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding. Now look at how these things follow because of the excellent spirit. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, the Bible says the interpretation of dreams, comma, the showing of hard sentences. Hey, yeah. Did you hear that? The Bible also gives the example of the showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel whom the king named Belteshazzar now Daniel, be called and he will show the interpretation. In other words, when a man carries the spirit of excellence, those things follow too. It's so hard to walk in the spirit of excellence or the excellent spirit and not carry knowledge and not carry understanding and the interpretation of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts. Dissolving of doubts. That is big, ministers. Dissolving of doubts. That means that everywhere you go, when people doubt, you can prove God. Hallelujah. If they say that God doesn't exist, you can prove God. If they say we don't believe in this, you can prove them. You can prove them wrong. It's one thing to just walk in a place like the Bible says where you're ministering questions to the hearts of the hearers rather than godly edification which is after faith. And it's another thing when you start to walk in a realm where you are dissolving doubts. Wherever men doubt, you, you have the answer. Somebody said that's me they're talking about. Say it again and say that is me they're talking about. Say in the name of Jesus, I dissolve doubts. I show forth hard sentences. Now, when you look at the place of showing forth hard sentences, that is the spirit of revelation. That's the spirit of revelation. In as when you function in an excellent spirit, revelation comes so naturally. Why? Because he is an excellent God. Even in Hebrews 8, 6, the Bible says he has obtained an excellent ministry. When God wanted to bring Jesus Christ on the earth to die for you and me, he gave him a ministry. But when he was giving a ministry, he had to make sure that the ministry was more excellent. The Bible didn't say he obtained an excellent ministry. The Bible says he had obtained a more excellent ministry. That means that the ministry before the coming of our Christ had to be excellent. Somebody say amen. Before the coming of Christ, the ministry of God was excellent. When the Christ came, he said, no, let me add more excellence to this ministry. Now, if that same man who received more excellence tells you, these things I have done, shall you do and more. God does not expect that we are going to function by the excellence that Christ functioned in while he walked the surface of this earth. He believes in a church that moves from glory to glory. If they touch his hem, the hem of his garment, they are healed. But when he gets to the advancement of the kingdom of power, you realize that when Peter walks, his shadow heals. When Paul gets to the place of his dispensation, the Bible says he 
God wrote special miracles by Paul that even hunkies and all his aprons that touched him, going on the sick and them which were possessed by devils, they were freed, right? That means that after Paul, there was another kind of people that were supposed to come. What was coming out of their spirits was, was deeper than just a hunky. Are you hearing me? The hunky has what? Power. Hunkies have power. Because we have understood that Paul moved in that grace. We can move by shadows and heal with our shadows. God doesn't expect us to also introduce shadows and stay there. God doesn't expect us to release the anointing based on hunkies and stay there. God expects that the dispensation that you and I are walking in is from glory to glory into the very image, the fullness, the full stature of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When Paul looks at you and me, he imagines you have to do more than him. Even your Lord Jesus knew that the only way the kingdom can advance as sin increases, more grace increases. Jesus expects that we ought to be doing more right now than he did when he walked the surface of his heart. Yet the Bible says in John that if the things that were done by Jesus were to be written, the Bible says even the books would fill this earth and go over this earth. Now, the, the books that were, you see, when John was looking at the perfection in Christ, he just didn't look at the signs, miracles, and wonders that men read. And that is the distinction between the gift operating on the Son of God and the ministry of the Son. John says, and there were also many other things which Jesus did. When he says many other, it means the things which are not even part of what is written. And he says, and if they should be written, the Bible says everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Now, let me open your eyes to something. Let me make a statement. If you seek in this world, now we are going deeper. If you seek in this world to interpret infinite things in infinite boundaries, you can be approved easily. Are you hearing me? And I want you to quote that. You can be approved easily, but it is not the distinction that draws the mark of a yielded spirit toward God. Okay. Let me explain this. The church of Christ has the responsibility of making plain the things of God. That's the essence of fellowship. Right? The breaking of bread. For the Bible says that when he broke bread, their eyes were open and they understood that he was the Christ. Now many of you know that bread here is the word of God. Somebody say amen. Bread here is what? Is the word of God. For he says, for your fathers fed you with manna and you died. But that was not the bread that was of God. He says, the bread that is of God comes from above. He says, I am the bread of life. And any man that eateth of me, he shall not what? Die. Are we together? So when we're talking about bread, I have a sermon I'll share one day uh, in, in the breaking of bread to, to show the, 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 the revelation of Jesus Christ in, in a certain dispensation. Many times you realize that the transition of ministry is always seeking to interpret the infinite under finite boundaries. In other words, we try so much to use human language to interpret spiritual things. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? But the Bible says that approves us when we do it. But it is not the source that aligns our spirits to yield to the spirit of God for devotion. There's a difference between a man who is spitting revelation because he has heard of God. And another place that I want to take you by, 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 by what I'm sharing. Eh? When, when we interpret, it's like when the Bible says that a fool says in his heart that there is no God. The true rendering of that scripture is a fool discovers in his own understanding that there is no God. It doesn't mean that atheists don't search out. There is no atheist who has not tried to search out. It only means that his carnal brain fails to see the infinite God. And then it says he's not there. Why? Because it can't see him. Are you hearing me? And some people can base that to say, that's why I, 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 told, I told people one time, I told them, it takes too much faith to be an atheist. Too much. Too much. Because I'll give you an example. You are playing with the assumption that you know enough to disqualify the infinite God. And yet the Library of Congress in the United States has more than 11 million copies of books. And chances are that you even don't know 0.00009 of those books but you're convinced that you can disqualify the infinite God and say he doesn't exist are we together but that's for another day my point is that many thank you many times we try to say okay this is God infinite this is our finite brain it's limited and let's try to use language to explain who is infinite. The Christ, in whatever is written in scripture, almost inclines to the place that human language can interpret. That is why we have the Bible. Are you hearing me? That approves you. That's why the Bible says, study the word of God that you might be approved a worker. That accurately divides the word of truth and the Bible says and that you needed not to be ashamed. Are you with me? But when you look so intently, there are things in God that can't be written. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the things of the spirit get to a level where the human language cannot interpret. It's like, that is why, for example, when you're praying in the will of God, in the will of the Father... You find yourself speaking in unknown tongues. And the Bible says, likewise, the spirit helpeth in our infirmity, in our weakness. That is the human weakness, which is the ultimate place of being in the flesh. He says, for sometimes we know not what we should pray as we ought to. But he says, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Even our life of prayer and relationship with God, it goes beyond any word you can ever say. The Lord Jesus goes to the tomb and then he sees Lazarus inside the tomb. And the Bible says, and he groaned in his soul. Oh! And then he goes to the tomb and he says, Father, I thank you because you always hear me when I pray. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And then you ask yourself, when did he pray? That groaning in spirit sent a certain sound. Why? Because... There was a uniqueness on the resurrection of Lazarus. And I'll explain it to you. 
They come and tell him that man you love, your friend is sick. And Jesus tells them that his sickness shall not end in death. This is Jesus speaking. But Lazarus dies. If he was living during that time, they would say, ah, that's a false man of God. He just said that Lazarus shall not die and right there the guy is dead. Are you hearing me? Martha comes. If you had been here, my brother had not what? Died. And he says, ah, ah, Martha, don't worry. I am here. No, no, no. He says, your brother shall live. Yes, I know. On the day of resurrection. And Jesus tells Martha, no. Martha, I did not come to introduce the mystery of raising dead men. I came to introduce the mystery of resurrection life. I am the resurrection. <laughs> and the life. This is deeper than just saying, I'm going to raise your brother. I am the resurrection. If you want to define anything that represents resurrection look at me Martha are you hearing me and then he walks to Mary he sees them crying and then he goes to the tomb the groaning in his spirit is not because of the death of Lazarus no because the infinite God knew the end the spirit of excellence functions under the wisdom it beholds the end in sight. Faith to some is knowledge to others. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some people, it's faith, it's substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But to others, it's knowledge. That is why he comes to the man of that place and tells him, ah, okay, if, if you want to get to understand that Knowledge is ahead of what you even carry as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In its own equality, let me qualify it this way, that faith, this thing you're believing, substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen, it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That is why it's, he's, he tells them, look, eternal life is bigger than faith. Eternal life is not just living forever. No. Eternal life, life is the realm of God's life operating on your life. God is bigger than faith. He made faith. What you call substance is reality to him. What you call evidence is because, see, when you, for example, look at how God deals with time. The Bible doesn't say he knows the beginning and the end. No, the Bible says he is the beginning. And he is the end. The Bible says he is the alpha and the omega. He is. He just doesn't know. He is. When <laughs> faith has a transition from the time when you're believing God for something to the time of that manifestation. But when you're dealing with God, he doesn't look at it that way. That is why he tells them Lazarus' sickness shall not end in death. Because the beginning and the end has, has removed time. Which is also a hindrance and limitation to men because they function under earthly time. He says, okay, your, your time frame is that you're going to count four days in the, in, the, in, the, in the tomb. But me, the infinite God, which is the beginning and the end, I don't see those four days. 
I am the beginning, I am the end, I am the alpha and the omega and the present and the future. That is a high place of knowledge. Okay, let me make it simpler. Let me make it simpler. If I watch a match, Uganda versus Mali, and then they all finish the game at one up, one one. And then they start, they play it again. Somebody missed the match and he says, oh, I missed the Ugandan match. And then he starts to replay it. At the place of replaying it, he does it. And, and let's just say, for example, hypothetically, the person playing it did not know the result. Me, who is playing, who is watching it? Are you hearing me? I'm not moving at his place of function. If I tell him I'm not going to tell you, he will have an anxiety about who is going to score first. Who is going to score? I know I'm not going to tell you. And then he starts to watch. Are you hearing me? It's like, okay, let me make it simpler. When we are watching matches, do you appreciate that by the time signals are picked through satellite, decoded and encoded, delivered through a particular station, and that station also projects them to Africa through DSTV? Are you hearing me? And to that particular station X. Some people in one world are seated watching, and other people in another world are jumping. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I making sense? One guy is saying, it's like, you, some of you remember, back in those days, uh, in high school, eh? or not even in high school, sometimes uh, when electricity used to chuck in different places, your home chucks electricity, and then the other home has, eh? but you cannot go to that home because it's at night. You have a what? You have a radio. And many times, radios were slower than TV. You remember that time? So you have your radio. We are Mukubie. He passes it all over. He gives it to Mark. Mark sends it over. To... Now, by the time you're hearing, and then Mark makes a back pass, then you hear people screaming in the next. <laughs> then you say, now. <laughs> See how knowledge between two individuals is different because of the transition of time. Just time. See, when the Bible says that the spirit quickens, it means, oh, he puts you ahead. He says, when the spirit of truth shall come upon you, he says, he shall show thee things to come. That's the spirit of truth. He says, he will show you things to come. He will, that's the spirit of truth. When you are aligning yourself with truth, which is the word of God, he starts to, to show you the things that come. Yes, thank you. He says, how be that when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. Now you're in the word, right? For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. That means that when you're a possessor of the Holy Spirit, you know what's going to come before men know. You must know. You must know. So that if somebody comes and tells you, do you know they are taking your master? You tell them I know. You tell them I know. In other words, they can only confirm what is already affirmed by the Holy Ghost. Inside you. 
Because you must be the primary hearer of God. You must hear God for yourself. Then any other confirmation that comes through there, any man of God or anything, it is beautiful when it's just confirming. But the affirmation of the spirit is supposed to begin with the Holy Ghost seated in the inside of you. Somebody say that's my portion. So you see two different men on the same plane, same country, just neighbors, diff- using two different mediums, and the guy of the television is already celebrating, and the guy of the radio is not what? Celebrating yet. Can I tell you why? I, even during that time when electricity checked, I stopped listening to radio. Majorly local translators. Uh, what do they call them? What, narrators? What do they call them? Commentators. He can sound like the girl is there, then he passes so and so. Oh, no, no, no. And then, well, oh! then people are like, okay, I think that's a goal. Then after a few minutes, Abadamu Kubia goal. So you ask yourself, why do they shout before the goal enters? Because you can even start celebrating and you're sure that Asen has what? It's a scored. And then you just realize, oh no, the guy was just shouting. But I again wanted to show you something that two people on the same plane, just a few kilometers away, because of, or centimeters away, because they are using two different planes. One man is ahead of time beyond the other, one man is celebrating because of knowledge. And another one is just believing. Singa to teba. Nenge eri wali yako lachi. Wali waga yanti to tebe. Already, that's why I told you that knowledge is above faith. Knowledge produces faith. Are we together? Knowledge produces faith. He's saying there are things that Jesus did. Not these ones that you read. They are things that are beyond human language. But if they have to be written. He says, the, even the world itself cannot contain the books that should be written. Why? Because the alphabet has to expand. You see, there are words that spell infinity. Right? For example, if you say Forever. But that's your interpretation of infinity according to the language. It's the rendering your brain can collect to say, my definition of, of, of infinity is forever. But there are things in God that go beyond that vocabulary. That is why when the Holy Spirit is praying through us, he says the groanings that come out of him, the Bible says they, they are beyond human utterance. And until a man gets to that degree of prayer, that man has not known yet. That man has not known yet. That man has not known yet. So I say that interpreting this infinite God under infinite boundaries is a limitation in its own. It can approve us before men because we are explaining in language what is spiritually designed. But it's not the source that directs your yielding to the spirit of God and motivates your spirit to the devotion of the things of God. 
What motivates and directs us to that distinction is the spirit of greatness. And I will explain that. Excellence carries the source of greatness. Greatness precedes excellence. Greatness defines the excellent spirit. Are you hearing me? There's a man who strives in this world to be great. There's another man who knows he's great. Are you hearing me? The acts of a man who is believing to be great or for a man whose esteem is frustrated and he doesn't see greatness in his spirit, the acts of these men are too different. Are you hearing me? Do you understand what I'm saying? I remember when we were in university, me and my boys, we used to say, let us read the Bible like we are going to pastor the whole world. That's what we used to say. We never used to read the Bible just to, to get enough revelation to drive a car. No. Something inside us used to tell us there is more than just driving a car. There is more than just having a nice house. There is more than just getting married. There is more than just having a wonderful I don't know. Whatever. Do you understand what I'm saying? And when a man carries a spirit of greatness and it's inside you, there are certain things that naturally start to flow out of your spirit without you even trying to be them. Because you carry it inside. I don't know that I'm making sense. Because you carry it what? Inside you. Inside you. Inside you. It's like when somebody wakes up, for example, and then he says, I think let me comb my hair. There's something inside telling him that a man like you cannot go without combing hair. Are you hearing? Then there's another one who won't comb his hair, not even know he has not combed. Those are two different people. Do you understand? You might not be rich, but there's a reason why you bathe. Because inside you, there's something that tells you a man like you has to have a bath. But when you find somebody who can spend a whole week, you know when we're in high school, eh? S1, S2. <laughs> Boys, don't pretend you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> In Gombe, we used to have a version called bathing air. After prep, a guy comes and removes his shirt. <laughs> and then he stands in wind. Eh? <laughs> then after that, he says, Mazokuna Vempeo. You bathe today, then tomorrow you skip. Then the other day you bathe. S2, S3 there. Hallelujah. But as you grow up, you start to realize, no, I can't spend a day without. Yes, but there's another one who doesn't feel they are that important to clean their body. They don't feel like they are that great enough to clean their what? Their body. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to see where John saw. John did not just look at what was written about the Christ. He saw more than what was written. He saw more than the words that that you have those, are they 26 letters? 
He saw more than those letters, the alphabet. He saw something so big and he says, if the things written about this man, if everything he did was supposed to be written, no book, I mean, the books would fill the world. Now, you imagine what it takes to write books that fill this whole world. How long it takes for the written books. How long does it take to write books that fill the world itself? The Bible says the world could not even contain the books. Do, 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 you, do you understand? That's even deeper. Containing, not just holding it, no. The power in those books is too big for the world. And John beheld in that realm. And God threw him to the beginning. He went past Genesis, where God is creating the heaven and earth. He went to the beginning of the beginning. He says in the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. And he says there is nothing that is made that was made without him. In him was the life. And the life was the light of men. And that light shines in darkness. And darkness comprehend the same note. They are calling John the Baptist the Messiah. But he is not that man. The man who is supposed to be coming is another guy. John the Baptist came to speak about this guy. Do you see where John is seeing the gospel from? He's not looking at it anymore from just the progressive knowledge. And that is why I have realized this. That when you understand this excellent spirit. You, you understand epignosis. The advanced knowledge which is in God. You know Philippians? How he says and that your love may abound more. In knowledge and judgment. And that you may examine the things that are most excellent. And then he says right there down. That you might not have offense on the day of Christ. Because some people don't even understand that degree of offense. They are still thinking of the smallest offenses of you lied to your friend. See, one lie can kill one man, but one indifference can kill a whole generation. Somebody say amen. amen. And that is why you realize, and I've seen this for a fact, that every distinction of excellence carries the revelation of love first. That is why in, I think, Corinthians 12, I think the last verse of it there, he says that, all these spiritual gifts are wonderful, but yet I show you an excellent way. And then he starts to speak of love. And then he enters into 13 and then starts to define love. He starts to first introduce love as the excellent way. And then in 13, he now starts to define what love is. And then he comes back in Philippians and tells you, look, if we are talking about love, I pray that your love may abound more in knowledge, epignosis, and judgment, in all judgment. Now, somebody will say, what do you mean by judgment? Let me explain. When we are talking about judgment or the judgments of God or the judgments in God or divine judgment, we talk of a place where spiritual perception reconciles with intellect. Your senses in the spirit can be awakened. Are you hearing me? Because Designing of spirits is deeper than just seeing in the spirit. God has called the church to function in all the five senses of the spirit world. 
That is why in the Bible Gospels, in the old stories of the prophets, you hear experiences where the man tested the word and ate it. And then he spake. He received the revelation through a tested word. It was a testing of his lips. His word is, a, is, is, is like honey unto his lips. He, when God was releasing revelation, it sat in his spirit in the testing senses of the spirit man. He received revelation in the testing senses of the mouth. Are we together? He didn't receive it as a hearing. Uh-uh. He didn't receive it. No, he, he, re- he tested it. He says, he tested it. He says, the Lord put his word in my mouth. Are you hearing me? Then there are instances where you hear he had the trumpet. Right? Then there are instances where they touch the master and he says, virtue went out of me. In other words, there's a sense of touch. He says, oh, but master, everybody's throwing at you. He says, yeah, everybody's throwing at me. But there's another person who touched me a spiritual way. That is the one I'm looking for. For virtue, the anointing went out of me. That means nothing activates the anointing. Like that. Like a man relating with God in spiritual senses. And then you start to see that in instances like the Jeremiah's, he showed them pots and trees. So, all our five senses are supposed to be reactivated in the spirit. You're supposed to see, to hear, to smell, to taste, to feel. So that's why sometimes some of you have said, have heard me once in a while praying and saying, I'm smelling a spirit of this. And then it manifests because our senses are supposed to be activated. Somebody say amen. But when your senses in the spirit are activated and you have enough perception and understanding in the spirit, but you cannot reconcile it with intellect, then you carry no judgment. Judgment is when you apply your natural intelligence to the spiritual senses, reconcile the two, and then serve purpose. Some people are too spiritual that they don't demonstrate wisdom. Do you understand? Have you been around people whose senses are active spiritually, but they don't exercise wisdom? Do you understand what I'm saying? They don't exercise what? Wisdom. That reconciliation of that wisdom of your intellect that works with perceived realities in the world past the metaphysical is the place where judgment comes. And God says now, when your love is abounding, it must abound more in epignosis. That is the advanced knowledge of God. And judgment, that is the perception reconciled with your intellect to make sense to purpose. He says that you may now approve the things that are most excellent. Because when you approve the things that are most excellent, you will not have offense. What is the offense? The offense is setting yourself in opposition of the excellent spirit which is within you. Hallelujah. We are trying to tell men to be excellent. Yet men are naturally excellent and they just have to walk into it. Because they are excellent, because the spirit of God, which is at work in them, is excellent. Don't worry, I'm almost finishing because many of you are married and you need to go back home. Say amen. So, I don't even know why I mentioned the word marriage. 
I just remembered Proverbs 31. You remember when he's talking about the virtuous woman? Men who are going to marry. Don't look for a beautiful woman in the face. Look for the spirit of excellence. It's somewhere, 28, 29 there, where he says that uh, many women have excelled in virtue. No, women have gone in virtue, but you have excelled them all. Eh? He says that many, many daughters have done virtuously. He says, but thou excellest them all. That's what defines the woman of virtue in that scripture. She carries an excellent spirit above them. When you're looking for a wife, don't just look for a beautiful woman, a tall one. No. <laughs> look for that thing. Tell your neighbor that thing. Even if you don't clap. <laughs> ah, men are serious. <laughs> anyway, I want to bring this to a close. So I recall in my spirit that we carry. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We carry the spirit of excellence. It cannot be defined by finite boundaries. A man has to come up, like the book of Revelation says. He says, come up thither that you may see. That's where John is trying to call the church. He's saying, you see, faith is wonderful. And then we transition deeper into the knowledge of the son. Because this is eternal life. That they might know the one true God and his only son, Jesus Christ. Somebody say, I carry a seed of greatness. It's inside me. That's why I tell people, any labor that you do in God. I think it's 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58, right? He says, give it to me there. First Corinthians 15, 58. He says, therefore, my brethren, be ye steadfast. Give me the Amplified. He says, therefore, my beloved, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior. You see, he tells you, be superior, right? Excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. He says, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It's never wasted. Any man who does, see, that's why I tell people, when you're putting the machines, put them excellently. Calculate the degree. When you're arranging chairs, make sure the line is straight. Are you hearing me? Not because you just want to make the line straight, but because in you there's something that tells you I'm not wasting time. When you go to class, study hard, excel. Don't pass. I don't pray for people to pass. I pray for them to excel. When you're preaching, don't just preach. Preach so deep. Are you hearing me? When you're praying, pray excellently. When you're believing, believe excellently. When you're working at your workplace, work hard excellently. He says, because your labor in the Lord is not useless. If you're faithful with that, God will trust you with more. Remember there was a time I said banking. 
I used to be the last person to leave. My branch manager even gave me keys. Sometimes I would leave at eight or nine, yet I was a preacher. Yeah? But sometimes you, you say, no, these guys have gone home at six. Let me push more. Not so they can see that I'm a hard worker. No. But because something inside me tells me I'm bigger than this. Are you hearing me? I can do more than this. I, I can do more than this. I can do more than this. I always want to over deliver. I just don't want shabby performances. And that's the, the place where the church has to become practical again. Because we are speaking too much tongues. But we are the worst employees. We are speaking too much spiritual language. But we are the worst bosses. We are speaking too much. But we are the worst in everything. Ministers, they don't want to work. They don't want to read. They don't want to excel. It's just not in them. And you say, ah, God, we are the heads and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We are going upward and upward only. No, you don't just go upward and upward only. You start to do guys who are up what they do. Are you hearing me? If you believe you're the deepest preacher, act like you're the deepest. Teach like you're the deepest. If you know that you're a prayer warrior, pray like you know how to pray. If you know that you're the greatest worshiper, get that microphone like nobody can take it out of your hand. That is an excellent spirit. Do everything with all diligence. That when you're done, you can look back and say, yeah, this is it. Some people call it perfectionism. Some people call it even basic hygiene. People say you have OCD. You just come and sit on a chair. You don't even check whether it's dirty. You just sit. What's inside you? What's the total sum of what's inside you? Up to now, we are still telling Christians, wash your hands before eating. You're not washing them because you're going to be diseased. You're washing them because that and holiness don't mix. Excellent spirit, not Lugesigesi. Because Lugesigesi is the substituted spirit of Jezebel. She can look excellent, yet she just has Lugesigesi. You didn't click, did you? It's okay. Some have understood. I want to finish. That is why any service that you have in God, do it so good. Do it so good. If you're saying, I'm going to do business, eh? enter your shop and put everything right. Make sure the line is your display. But then you enter a cake shop and one cake is looking up. You understand? The nozzle is in the cake. They haven't swept. And then they're speaking tongues, robo, shaka, braka. Rakazende, Zoro Blossi, Televaya. Somebody say, I'm the best at my thing. Say, nobody beats me. Are you hearing me? I don't think anybody can preach like me. It's just in me. Even you, you can, you can say it. <laughs> The world is too big for all of our dreams to be fulfilled. Somebody say amen. If you say I'm the best businessman, even the other one can say I'm the best businessman. And God does it in both of your lives. Because greatness is in you. That is why when the patriarch Abraham, the Bible says, was walking. 
with uh, the seed. The Bible says he sojourned the land. And the Bible says he became restless because there was a certain city he was looking for. He, he could not rest until he finds it. Are you hearing me? He was looking for a city whose foundation and maker was God. He, he refused to put his palm in land that does not define the God he knows. The Bible says he sojourned in lands with the patriarchs, Isaac and Jacob. They were inside his lawns. But what is he doing? He's trying to say, I cannot put my children where I don't see a city whose founder and maker is God. There is something I'm believing you for. That is why I'll walk an extra mile. I'll pray more than I prayed yesterday. I'll believe more than I believed yesterday. I will give more than I gave yesterday. I will love more than I loved yesterday. Every other day I have to make the better me. I came to be me, the best me there is, and be satisfied to be me. But every morning I must improve me. I must improve me. I must improve me. Because there is offense if I don't. How many lives are going to be destroyed if I don't walk to this purpose? Because now the time is come when infinite spirits will interpret infinite things. I don't know that you understand what I'm saying. Where the communication of our faith will not require human language to interpret. But as spirits, we shall compare spiritual things and spiritual things. And as he is, so are we. The perfection of love. Are you hearing me? We are moving into a time where what approves us is going to take us to a place of our true devotion before God because men are not going to go anymore to God to interpret infinite stuff with finite boundaries but the reason that will take them to God is because they've seen the infinite and reconciled it with the infinite in them and they start to feel like a time has come where I have to come in agreement with God because I can't walk with him Unless I agree. For can two walk together unless they agree. In the dispensation where they ought to walk with him, they're just kneeling before him. <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense. And I'm not saying that that posture of kneeling is wrong. But if you're kneeling and not walking with him, you're indifferent. The church is going to come up. The church has to rise again. The church has to now start drawing the standard of everything perfect. When they're looking for the best employer, they have to look here. When they're looking for the best preacher, they have to look in Uganda. Are you hearing me? When they're looking for the best engineer, they have to look somewhere here. When they're looking for the best lawyer, they have to look somewhere here. When they're looking for the best uh, businessman, they have to look here. When marriages are failing in America, they have to look back in the church and say, no, the solution is in the church. You have to be the best there is. If you're a quantity surveyor, don't just be among the qualified and certified quantity surveyors. Be the best Quantified and sanctified quantity surveyor in the nation. Excellent work. If you're a builder, do your math and go on the wall. It's like recently I visited a guy, I think two or three days ago. I saw his house. Asked him, who built your house? He asked me why I said, I want to use the same guy when my time comes. Why? I went on the walls. You could stand on the wall and see the man took time to make sure the wall is too straight. 
I was with Charlotte, I said, these walls are too straight, they are annoying. <laughs> Construction engineers know it, that when a building is 90 degrees, 100% straight, you call it true. This building is true. I saw truth. Hallelujah. We have to walk in excellence. Tell your neighbor we have to walk in it. As we are excellent. Say it to them again. Say we have to walk in excellence. As we are in excel as we are excellent. Because you see, his love is the revelation of excellence. Greatness is that distinction of excellence. Do you know why some of you find it so hard to pray? So hard to serve God, so hard to give, so hard to do things in church. It is because you've not been revealed to this spirit. You don't see the need in your life or anywhere else. Help him. Peace. Just help him. Just help him. Put him down. Put him down. Are you hearing me? Don't laugh. Even it can come. I know people who laugh sometimes and then after they roll more than even the others. I want to finish. The Lord spoke to me and told me you can never see greatness in your life until you understand this thing I'm sharing with you. We have to walk there. We have to get to a point where when men define Christianity, they see excellent things. The Bible says great things are spoken of thee, O Zion. They have to look at us and speak great stuff and say, those guys are deep and they are great. Are you hearing me? And I see that that spirit is starting to manifest in your lives, many of you this year. Now, I want to pray for you. Just raise your hands wherever you are. I want to decree in the name of Jesus Christ that excellence is yours. Excellence functions in your life. Excellence functions in your marriage. Excellence functions in your children. Excellence functions in your ministry. Excellence functions in your vision. It functions in everything you interpret. And that you will not have offense on the day of Christ. That not just progressive knowledge, but advanced knowledge, epignosis, arises out of your spirits to know what men ought to do. I decree that you give solutions to this world. That you're going to bring answers to hard sentences. In the name of Jesus, that you're going to dispel doubt by the anointing that is working in your life. Right now, in the name of Jesus. I release the activation of that spirit on your soul. Power of the Holy Ghost. I decree and I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that excellence works in your soul. Excellence works in your spirit. It works in your vision. It works in your ministry. It works in everything that you do. And the path of the just like the Bible says shines brighter and brighter unto a perfect day that indeed the lines are fallen unto you in pleasant places and you have a goodly heritage
every form of failure every form of insecurity every form of shabby performance every form of undermerited experiences I decree and I declare that it is destroyed under this anointing that the yoke of being slow the yoke of misinterpretation the yoke of walking slower is over I decree that God starts to move you ahead of your peers because of the excellent spirit working ahead of you that when men ask questions you'll already have answers I decree in the name of Jesus that you walk ahead of your time that men will look at you and you'll speak older than your age you'll minister older than your age you'll act older than your age you'll manifest older than your age what I have not seen what ear has not heard what has not entered the hearts of man I decree that it's upon you receive it right now in the name of Jesus now I want you to take a minute and clap for God like excellent people hey! come on that, that is for your local chairman clap for Jesus I want you to say to yourself I'm excellent my children are excellent my ministry is excellent my business is excellent my marriage is excellent everything I touch it turns to gold Gentiles rise at my rising in the name of Jesus kings come to my rising in the name of Jesus in every nation I and my seed shall be called blessed my children shall be for signs and wonders they will be potent wherever they go I can never fail I can never fail I don't fail I will never fail I will never fail I will never fail somebody clap for Jesus hey 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 are you seeing what I'm seeing hey The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.